Hello Sweat, I'm Jack Grady and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Alright, cool. So today on the podcast we have George Galland who is a nutritionist. George, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, I'm George. I'm from London. Um, took my nutritionist course when I was about 19. It took about six months to six to seven months all in all. Um, learned about kind of your macronutrient breakdown through the day, your good and bad fats, that kind of stuff, your good what carbohydrates to take and when and the amount of protein that you need protein that you need to take in throughout the day and when to take it. So uh, it was a pretty decent course to be honest with you, but uh, Unfortunately, I can't charge for my uh, <laughs> expertise as of yet. <laughs> I didn't, didn't fully complete the training, but yeah. I'm, Maybe one day? Well, hopefully. Yeah. I'll hopefully get back to it. Okay. Yeah, no. So what sort of got you into the world of fitness and nutrition to begin with? Was there some aha moment for you? or? Honestly, it was probably not doing great at school. And not doing great at school got me into fitness because it gave me a regime outside of the school system. And because I was, you know, skipping lessons and that kind of thing, I kind of needed that other anchor and I loved training. And then with training, you need a good diet. And then I kind of looked into it a bit more. And then when I finally got my first job, which was at Whole Foods, they offered this nutritional aspect, which I just kind of jumped at and kind of grew my interest from there. So, yeah. How did you start off your training? How did I start off? Honestly, for my bicep curls. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of thing in your bedroom when you're 14. <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, oh, I want to get like Arnie, and it's like yeah, you won't do that in your bedroom. But um, you get those uh, dumbbells from Argos that everyone as a 14 year old had. You know, do you have Argos in America? No, yeah, I'm not sure. Basically, it's like uh, about 1999. It's like a 1999 version of Amazon. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, so you have a catalog and you order stuff, but everyone had like the same dumbbell set. For their bedroom, like they weren't even metal. The ones I had, they were like filled with sand. sand. I think, yeah, yeah. Really? plastic filled with sand. Interesting. And I think you could go up to about seven kilos, which obviously when you're fourteen, fifteen, is more than enough to do. Yeah, that's great. That's it. And everyone just had it in their room, and they pretty much it was a staple for your teenage life. Like, yeah. No, but um, yeah, I had that, and then for my sixteenth birthday, my best mate at the time got me a membership to the local gym, and just went from there. So got rid of the dumbbells but uh, started getting fully into it and then it kind of changed really everything you start investing more and more into it and more and more time and then it really does become part of your lifestyle it is sort of a, a two-headed monster would you say like obviously there's the the working out portion whatever mm-hmm. it may be but then there's also the diet portion and I know that's something that you take more seriously than most people that I've ever met before so why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe some myths or some misconceptions about diets because it feels like every week or every month or so there's this new fad diet that comes yeah. out no um, it's true like um you'll see things in the paper it's like don't eat eggs one day and eat eggs the next day and it's like don't uh, skip the yolk and eat the yolk it's like yeah to be honest with you um diets are so individual there's no one size fits all for everyone kind of um you really need to take in what you're doing during the day. Honestly, how much sleep you get is a big thing because, I mean, you get no sleep at all. That's going to completely affect your metabolism. Um, but myths, I'd say, when people um, 
like hike up the price of kale or say quinoa is the king of foods or um, cook with coconut oil. It's honestly, if you want to lose weight, you have to burn more than you put in. That's kind of like the, the be all end all of it. And if you're saying, right, I'm eating coconut oil, I'm going to be super healthy. It's like, well, coconut oil is really densely high <laughs> in uh, calories and yeah, you're going to get a, a quick burst of energy. But if you're not using that energy to do anything, it's completely useless. And if you're not on a diet which, say a ketogenic diet, which utilizes fat as a fuel source, which you have to train your body to uh, do beforehand. So if you're eating pasta every day and then suddenly you say, right, I want a high fat day, your body's going to go, what the, what the hell's going on here? And it's like, I'm just going to store this as energy and not utilize it successfully so it takes usually about six to eight weeks to transform your body like that um, but that's why a lot of the myths kind of some, some have a grain of truth to them but as I say it's not a one-size-fits-all so when people say oh yeah coconut oil is good for you but if you're not utilizing it in the right way it's not so also if you're frying your bacon and sausages. Exactly, it's what you're cooking in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why do you think that the industry, I say the industry very broadly, mm -hmm. uh, kind of portrays so many of these myths that people buy into? Yeah. What What is it that's... I, so, so much of it is a money-making scheme, and like I'm not Captain Conspiracy Theory here, but um, you go into places like Holland and Barrett and... All they are is trying to upsell you on whatever they can because supplements we all think oh we need that oh we need this you know oh akai berries they're gonna sort me out and i'm gonna see forever that kind of thing no. um, <laughs> uh, because like so much of our diet now in the western world anyway is more than we need you know we're over consuming on everything so when people say we need to supplement it really don't I mean unless you're completely restricting yourself on a day-to-day -day basis all the pills you buy are completely useless you know yeah maybe if you're a vegetarian or a vegan you need these vitamin boosts or you know you never go outside you might need a vitamin D tablet but nah, honestly so much of it is complete nonsense and if you you're buying your coconut powder and all that kind of stuff for 9.99 for the 100 grams it's like well, you spend your money here in yeah. other way, but it's not going to do... It does money. get quite expensive, and it, there's so many different things, whether it be all of these different vitamins mm -hmm. or pills or powders. Um, I know some claim to be high in protein or BCAAs and, um, you know, like whatever, yeah. whatever that certain pill or powder does. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a new one the, all the time. New ones all the time, and, like, honestly... So much of it, as I say, is unneeded. So, um, take fish oils, for example. Uh, we get usually enough fish in our diets, and then um, omegas 3 are your, are your EFAs, your uh, omega 3, 6, and 9s. Um, you want to keep a ratio of about 2 to 1 or 4 to 1 of your 3s um, your threes to your 6 to 9s. And then they go in, in Holland and Barrett and they sell you omega 3, 6, 9s, which you get from your diet anyway, so you're imbalancing your essential fatty acids anyway, so they're selling you something which is going to do you more harm than good. Um, 
So to break that down in a more simpler way for people, what is something that they should watch out for, sort of be aware of when they're in the grocery store trying to, you know, meal prep or just eat healthier in general? Um, good things are when they say high protein on them, don't buy it. I mean, you can buy chicken. You know it's got protein in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're spending three pounds more on something just because it says high protein on it. And chances are it's going to be packed full of salt, packed sugar. full of fat, and packed full of sugar. Exactly. It's a pre-made... It's no good at all. And, you know, you have to also look at the calorie content. Just because it's high protein doesn't mean it's good for you. You can have a high protein chocolate cake and it's still going to be terrible for you, you know. Like, so I I really like treats, so that's high protein. Yeah. There's also a stick of fat, basically. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's completely true. And um, I think what you also need to think about is just because it's good you shouldn't have a lot of it there's no you know um food or anything which is you know fat burning or you know calorie deficit causing so you just everything in moderation i think is the is the thought that you need to put in when you go grocery shopping and definitely try and keep a ratio um if you are trying to lose weight i would say of probably about one-to-one carbs to protein, if you're looking at that kind of thing, and then moderate your fats depending on like how you kind of judge your body system. As I say, it's gonna be very individual, but if you're feeling low on energy, maybe have a handful of nuts, but don't go overboard, like buy a bag of nuts and have the whole thing, because you know almonds are healthy. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you know, five or six, general rule of thumb, small little handful. That's all you need in your daily routine. Um, I think that anything pre-packaged, pre-sliced, pre-prepared for you. So when you buy your spiralized courgette spaghetti, um, you're paying you know a hundred percent of the premium for that pre-done for you. When you could actually just go and get your courgettes and do it yourself, and you know you know what you're doing then, and you get a bit of experience in the kitchen, which a lot of people are kind of afraid to start doing and I think that's a big barrier that a lot of people need to break down where they're, where they're already kind of going right I'm going to go to Sainsbury's or I'm going to go to Tesco's and I'm going to get these meals and whack them in the oven and they're going to be done for us it's like you need to break it down slowly and maybe get more comfortable in the kitchen and then when you start to meal prep it's going to be so easy yeah. to start now do you meal prep every day basically or yeah pretty much um, I know a lot of people don't like that method because it does take up a bit of time but um, so usually people do it maybe twice a week so they'll prep on a Sunday and they'll prep maybe on a Thursday for the weekend um, but I do mine every day uh, so I break down usually about a kilo of turkey mince or kilo of chicken and then work that out through my five meals um, so I just, five meals per day yeah um, so what times do you eat those? Like seven, ten, one. Four, yeah, ten. so I, I usually try to keep a three-hour window between my meals. Um, just that's kind of a, a way that I can manage my metabolism, and it also means that I'm not constantly in the kitchen or constantly kind of in an awkward space where it's you know if I'm in the middle of the classroom I've got maybe half an hour either side where if they've given us a break I can go out and have my meal and all that kind of thing so I'm really in front of my career exactly um, so what kind of things do you prep um, honestly, what, did you have, what have you eaten today 
Uh, today I've um, today I had scrambled eggs and mushrooms, and then on the way here I had two chicken breasts and a salad, um, and then I'll go home. I'll probably have you know chicken breasts and green beans. And then for dinner, I'm having, actually, my mum's cooking tonight, so I've got a roast dinner. <laughs> um, but then I've already prepped for tomorrow, so I've got turkey mince with green beans and peas, and then green beans and asparagus with turkey breasts. And then the last meal, I'll kind of make up what I'm doing. I'll probably need a carbohydrate in there. So I'll probably do sweet potato mash with um, my turkey mince or chicken breasts, and then uh, maybe salad on the side, a bit of bit of fair in it or something like so that. you like your green beans though? it's a honestly it's a time-saving thing because you can just buy the kilo of frozen yeah whack them in the steamer and you know they're done in five minutes and um i would uh, that's a, a tip for people if if you're looking to save them cut a few corners here frozen vet fruit and veg is fine like honestly um you don't lose almost any nutritional content by buying frozen yeah it doesn't taste as fresh but you still get the same amount of nutrients from your uh, frozen fruit and veg as well but if you're eating out of a tupperware it never tastes particularly fresh no, anyway it doesn't yeah it it that. <laughs> slightly plasticky it's, it certainly does especially after you microwave it would you say that uh, green bean is your favorite vegetable or um i do like green beans i like <laughs> I, I mean I have to I guess <laughs> but um, I, I, any sort of bean I love broad beans um, roasted cauliflower um, you're a big broccoli guy too right? I eat broccoli but I think if you go to anyone in who does any form of fitness they'll say chicken and broccoli is your staple and it's like yes chicken and broccoli is your staple but the worst thing about that is your farts do smell a bit after, <laughs> after a while so that's why you get get away from your cruciferous veg and you come to your green beans and you're okay <laughs> so if you want to be a bit less socially awkward that's a top tip but, so, so I don't have broccoli on a Friday or Saturday right gotcha <laughs> so what do you do let's say you're going out for a meal mm. and we're going on a date or other friends or whatever do you are you very selective with the restaurant or do you kind of view it as your strict 80% of the time and then you let yourself go I think I think you have to have that mindset um, if you're too strict it's not going to be fun and you want this to be a way to live your life in a sustainable way you can't do it for you know two months of the year really strictly and then completely fall off because you will um, you have to have that little bit of wiggle room and yeah if people say oh do you want to go to this restaurant maybe you just don't pick you know the the sloppiest curry on the thing with the, all the creamy sauce and you know all the rice and that kind of stuff it, you go for you know you dry cooked and you have a bit of salad and you just choose carefully but you're still able to eat out you know you don't go for your cobra beer you have a diet coke or you have some water all that kind of thing but um, that's my biggest failure is as soon as you go out for food it's almost like oh fantastic I can eat whatever I want and yeah. I feel guilty and yeah. when they come back and say do you want another beer it's like yes I do <laughs> yeah of course you know, yeah. Yeah. what kind of question is that it's, it's, it's <laughs> the same I find when you go on holiday and yeah. I'm diet wise or nutrition wise on holiday I go outside the window completely useless yep as in breakfast buffet having 
having four courses, come to lunchtime, I'm not even hungry, but there's food there, so I'll eat it. <laughs> oh, it's one o'clock, do you want a beer? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. And that just kind of goes on and on and on for a, a week or whatever when you go on holiday. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, you need to let your hair down. And it's, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, it's, it's not helpful in any way. And it's, you're going to start seeing what you're doing as a diet change as the enemy. And that's not going to be able to support it in any way. And you're going to get stressed out. And then you're going to become also socially, re- like, um, socially restricted. So you'll stop going out and seeing friends because you feel like you can't eat yeah. this kind of thing. And that's not what you want to do. You really yeah. want to kind of show people that you can be still sociable. And then they'll also compliment on you on your change. And if you don't get that compliment you don't get that feedback loop and you don't feel like you're benefiting in any way from what you're doing. So, Do you think that that feedback loop is why Instagram is so big within the sport and fitness industry? Because I personally don't use Instagram on a, on a personal level. I have an account because Facebook forced me to make one. Yeah. But I never posted <laughs> or anything. Um, I think that part of the problem is that people view and these Instagram famous people or um, famous people have lots of followers on Instagram or however, however, whichever way around it is, they view these people and these people portray a lifestyle that everything is perfect. So they eat the perfect food. Mm. They have professional photos done of every meal they take yeah. and they post this. And I view it as in some ways a massive negative towards the general population that these people portray this idealistic view of what's going on Mm. so what do you think it is that really drives people to go to such extremes because generally when you go to an extreme you uh you kind of fall off the bandwagon like you said doing Mm. something for extreme for two months of of the year you can't carry that on and that's the problem i think with diets is that people think okay i'm going to do a six-week diet but they have an ending Yeah. yeah exactly it's they view it as a a diet in a fixed way rather than just improving their overall diet and they go onto Instagram and see all these beautiful people who are taking photos of beautiful food um, and they think oh well if I do if I you know eat kale if I eat coconut oil I will become like that Mm. so what can what can the nutrition industry do to try and move away from that negative impact that sometimes it can have uh, yeah, I think what needs to happen really is that there needs to be a bit more transparency between the people who are taking the photos and the people, the audience themselves. So what you get often is there's a corporation in between. So these people will be sponsored by certain companies and they'll kind of keep a lot of the truth hidden. And if the nutrition industry is going to change, they really need to say, well, this was taken six weeks ago. This is not what they look like now. This was airbrushed, you know. This is what you should have as part of a balanced meal. And then this is the training regime that has taken. And be truthful and honest with people because you're completely right. A lot of, and especially young people, will see these people. They'll be their role models, but they'll go to complete extremes to be like them. And it's definitely not affordable because these people, no. (laughs) (laughs) Grocery shopping's expensive. But um, it's definitely not affordable and it's, it can be actually dangerous in some ways because, you know, you follow or what see some Instagram accounts and these people have got 2-3% body fat and, you know, these have been, uh, these pictures have been taken maybe six or eight weeks ago 
um, when they were going for a competition, but then they spread them out and post them out throughout the year so that they look like they've got, you know, this they year can maintain round. this lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, uh, hey, some can, some do have the genetics for it, and I'm not going to say that some aren't taking other supplements that um, may aid them in their um, <laughs> in their lifestyle choice, but um, I think there needs to be that openness and honestly from the accounts that i do follow there is that openness and i i i really see it with the certain accounts that um i particularly like take a lot of inspiration from because you know i'm seeing six foot four men uh completely shredded and eating you know burgers and that kind of thing i'm like well that's not right and i know you're doing something a bit dodgy in the background there <laughs> so um they're, they're the kinds of kind of stay away from and i like it when i see the story throughout the year and it's like i like putting on a bit of weight at this time and you know i've i've kind of become more comfortable over christmas take a step back and then you see them on you know, having a glass of wine and it's like, yeah, I can see you've put on a few pounds, but you're actually living a life. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's what the change needs to happen. And I'm not, I'm not sure it will. I doubt it will because it's not really money making, unfortunately. But um, I think if I'm going to say to anyone who looks at people for Instagram inspiration, try and find people who change throughout the year and look back at some of their photos and see what their kind of up and down periods are. And they're the people that, you know, you want to kind of look to for diet plans or meal prep or kind of any form of exercise regime because they're the kind of people who kind of are doing it right and have that, how can I say it? Like look, which is quite distant. So this is a sustainable lifestyle that they can take on year on year in year out and you know be happy about it not a struggle with it so so do you think then that well i guess i view part of the issue with anything really is that whenever you see something it's always taken to the extreme mm. so within any kind of advertisement marketing in any industry you always see the extreme yep so you see the kind of dreamy idealistic way and the way that I look a lot of a, a lot of these people on uh, Instagram or whatever it is it's a bit like the fashion industry with catwalks so if you wore the outfit you see on a catwalk hmm. then you'd probably be looked at very strangely because that's not really acceptable socially yeah. I view it similar with the fitness industry and in a lot of these people who are looked up to they are the unachievable or unattainable um, goals in a lot of cases because either they're full-time athletes and they have sponsorships so they can um, have their food prepped for them or they've given it free or everything is kind of handed to them and they build their entire life around it mm. how can we encourage people to rather than looking up to these extremes how can we encourage people to find something they enjoy and kind of work a healthy lifestyle both in terms of food and exercise into their life rather than going to an extreme and then falling away from it after two, three weeks? I honestly think just start slow. I think if you jump right in the deep end, you go jump right back out again. It's kind of like that frog in hot water stuff. So um, you're going you're gonna to want to 
I think start in the kitchen. Uh, get all the bad food out and start making healthier choices. And then once you start feeling better about that and more comf confident in the kitchen, start going to the gym. Maybe go, preferably go with someone initially. Don't go by yourself. Kind of go in and, you know, get to learn, you know, a few things about different uh, machines, how they work, do a bit of cardio, that kind of stuff. Please take on a PT. If you really don't know, don't go in, injure yourself and kind of, try and look hard and you know you and know never end up going back exactly that because that'll kick you right out mentally. do you think the gym is the best place then to start i think if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to get started i think it's a great place to start um if you've got a local leisure center go there um swimming pools are great because you know they're really open you can get an excellent workout just by swimming a few laps and you don't have to feel socially awkward by not knowing what you're doing um, you can go out and start running. I know that's daunting for a lot of people, especially in winter. Um, cycling is another great way, but again, in winter, it's a bit more, it's a bit more um, of a hard sell. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, gyms. Um, if they've, you've got anywhere to go climbing or sailing or canoeing or anything like that, fitness is an exercise is everywhere. Honestly, you could go out for a walk. Like, maybe not take the bus and walk half an hour and you get your 10,000 steps in. Uh, the second I actually started getting a watch which counted how many steps I did a day, I would get home and maybe I'd done 8,000. I'd walk around the block twice to hit my 10,000. Yeah, it really does make a difference mentally. Um, to the amount of exercise that you've recognized that you've done um, and just little changes like that and then you can build up to something where you feel like you can ma maintain it in your life while doing your actual life um, because when you say these are the people that you know have their unattainable like the catwalk I'm gonna get something at H&M which I can afford um, which looks very similar to the thing on the catwalk but you know if I spill something on it on the weekend, you it's okay. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of how you need to approach your fitness. Um, if you miss your Saturday, don't worry about it. Uh, if you've had, you know, some chips, don't worry about it. Just make sure that you've still kind of got everything in place. You still got the, kept the crap out of the kitchen, you know. You're still going to make your 10,000 steps a day. It's okay. You can have a bit of cake which I did actually last night I was really nice. <laughs> but yeah I think that's that's what my answer to you would be yeah. for that yeah okay so now we're gonna hop into a little bit of a different part of the podcast where I'm just gonna throw a couple rapid-fire questions at you you can just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind okay, okay. so first question what is your favorite pre-workout meal probably Probably porridge oats and protein shake, to be honest with you. Yeah. How yeah. about protein shake before you work out? Um, yeah, so just, I, I actually make my uh, porridge oats and then put a scoop of protein in the yeah. porridge oats. Oh. Really chocolatey, uh, absolutely lovely, and then it gives me enough energy to go through, and then it, the amino acids break down with the complex carbohydrates, so... Yeah, I, I use that as a pre-workout. Bit of bit of peanut butter if I fancy it. If it works well with the flavor of protein that I've got, I mean strawberry and peanut butter. Is <laughs> yeah. yeah. But do you use um, do you use water or milk when you make your porridge? I I 
I try and stick away from lactosey things only because my body's a bit funny like that, but I usually go for water, but you can do milk, yeah. Okay, great. So what's one thing you do in the morning to start your day right? A glass of water, straight up. Um, I keep a bottle by my bed every day. Um, uh, down that the second, uh, well, within, you know. Once you hit snooze five times. Exactly. When I get out of bed, the bottle's there, and I make sure I down it. Now, I remember you telling me something about putting apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. So, yeah, with my breakfast, I have apple cider vinegar. That sounds disgusting. It's, it's grim. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, you get used to it. Uh, just a shot, uh, it helps regulate blood sugar levels. It can um, help uh, counteract uh, insulin spikes. So... I have it with my meals in, in the morning and actually at night sometimes if I know I'm having like a lot of fruit, um, it's great because it just helps kind of stop you getting that big sugar spike. Um, and if you get that big sugar spike, it can increase your rate of diabetes if you're not having any energy going on and like if you're not going to the gym afterwards. Um, and it can also inhibit uh, fat storage. So yeah, it's a little thing that you can try and do. If it, if you like it, great. If you don't, well, just try it for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, it takes some getting used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So how many times uh, a week do you personally work out? I will do some form of exercise every day. Um, I try to work out Monday to Friday, uh, heavy weights, and then. Saturdays and Sundays, I usually take it a lot easier. I'll just make sure I get my 10,000 steps in and maybe go for a cycle ride or that kind of thing and try and um, work it like that. So I do get a bit more of a social time on the weekend. Um, if I do miss a day on the week then, and you know I've got to stay a little bit longer at uni or I'm not feeling too great, I can make up for that on the weekends by not having something planned. Um, but... Yeah. Do you have a favorite time of the day where you work out? Mornings? Oh, I love mornings. Mornings. Yeah, no one's in the first thing. No one's in the gym in the morning. <laughs> what time are you talking? I'm talking usually about five thirty to six in the morning. I'm in a, I get up really early, um, but I also go to bed really early, so it's kind of uh, swings around about. Nothing better than that, isn't it? No, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, I prefer it in the morning. Uh, I, I can go in the evening, but I always just find that I'm in there a lot longer yeah. because there are so many so, more people. So congested, yep. yeah. Yep. Do you have a go-to jam or genre of music when you're working out? Does it depend on the exercise? I'm really odd, actually. I, I listen to audiobooks. <laughs> what was the last book you listened to? Um, I think it was The Last Jedi, a Star Wars book. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, do you have a, a funniest thing that ever happened to you? Or someone else maybe that you saw while you were working out? In the gym? Yeah, uh, or, or wherever, cycling, at a class. Uh, I overhear a lot of funny things, and a lot of it, a lot of it is just kind of like, what? But um, I'm not sure. I, I, you do see a lot of exercises where people seem to have gotten out of a magazine, like they've read Men's Health and they've tried to interpret still frame images and it's like, <laughs> I, I will actually sit here and watch you um, because this is more entertaining than what I'm going to do for the next half an hour kind of thing. So, um, Do you ever go uh, and help people when they're doing it? Oh, definitely. Uh, if especially if it looks dangerous yeah. um, you, I, actually the, the other week um, someone was trying to lift 
um, a bar off the squat rack um, and put it down to the next one, but it still had weights on. And as they lift up, you could see that they weren't going to hold the weight properly and they leaned back like that. And then two, two, me and another guy ran over and helped the, helped the person kind of get back on the, on the rack. But yeah, you do see some very odd things. Um, people think they're super, uh, Superman in the gym sometimes. It's a bit crazy. But yeah. Speaking of uh, Superman, and I know you're a big Star Wars fan. If you could have any one superpower, what would it be and why? Be able to use the force. That'd be amazing. Um, uh, time travel, I think. Time travel would be pretty cool. Forward or back? Ooh. Forward. Yeah, I'd like to see the future. Um, I feel like I would, if I went back in time, I'd step on something and it would all get messed up. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I think for me, I think a cool one would be to just be able to refill things whenever I wanted. Okay. So, sort of like a different twist. Like my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I want more, I just refilled, or I want some more, um, so want some more food, and it's just, and it's just there, it's just refilled. It's a meal prep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be able to have a bus and you press and it dishes out cooked chicken breast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, a couple more. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Um... Probably horse. A horse? Yeah. I really Powerful. I love horses. Um, <laughs> strong. You know. But yet ridden. Yeah. <laughs> no. You'd be a wild horse? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, alright, here's a good one I think uh, you'll have probably an interesting answer to. Okay. What's your go to cheat meal? Pizza. Pizza. I love pizza. Just regular pizza? Any toppings? Uh, any, the thing about pizza is it's my go-to drunk meal, so I'm already cheating at this point. Fair enough. But um, I love pizza. Uh, and there's there's nothing, you know, if you look at it, you get, you know, a, a decent amount of carbohydrate, you get your cheeses, fats, <laughs> and you get your I'm trying to maximize it, no. Pizza's a big cheat meal, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that would be my main go-to, and I can't think of anything else really that top it. Maybe ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Top of Ben and Jerry's on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> some, some cartoons. Thinking about it already. Yeah. And the final one we have for you is one celebrity you'd love to dance with is Gemma Atkinson. Who's that? I'm sorry, I don't even know. She, she's on Strictly Come Dancing at the moment. <laughs> you can tell you gets to bed early. You know, Saturday night, everyone's out partying and you're watching Strictly. <laughs> okay, well, great, man. So this has been uh, an awesome episode. I had a really great time. Yeah, I feel same. like you Thank had you a lot of... Uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, I feel like you had a lot of good points. Um, any final thoughts from any of you guys on anything that was said or uh, the week going forward? Any, any things to look out for? Um... I'd, I'll just say everything in moderation. Uh, just really think about whether you need certain things in your diet. Do you need that you know, biscuit in the morning? Do you need that sugar in your tea? Just think about what you put into your body because if you're not you know, using it, don't use it. Yeah. I guess I can, that very ties in with what you said about not having things in the kitchen. Yeah. So if you don't have it in the house, you're not going to eat it. That's it. That's it.
And I know that Steph, who's normally on this podcast, is is like that. If something's there, she will eat it. Yeah. No, same. Yeah. I have that trouble here sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when I see the when I see the crisps, I'm always just like, oh, I'm so tempted. Mm. But yeah, no, George. Again, thanks for uh, coming on today. You were great, and I feel like you provide a lot of valuable information. Oh, please, oh, thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Um, I hope you enjoyed today, and we look forward to providing you with some more interesting content coming forward. Thanks.